Hi, this is Cal Quantrill, and you're listening to the East Village Times Podcast. NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope ex-prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watch the youth them jump up, we ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody, the outfield mad skills, Lottie Dottie, Austin Hedges throwing out everybody, we at the ballpark, every game's a party, ignorance is bliss, so we never trip, if the pitching's up the bar, then watch out for the kids, EVT is out here broadcasting, EVT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EVT podcast. Padres EVT podcast. Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me, as usual, is Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? How are you doing, man? I am doing well, James. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing well. Just, um,. A lot of information to process. It's that time of the year, spring training, baseball, uh, position battles going on, players establishing themselves uh, presently, and then there's there's free agents out there that are looking for work. Uh, we'll get into that a little later uh, as far as some players that uh, the Padres perhaps might be kicking the tires on, but uh, let's start off with the team itself. It, it's They were in a little bit of a offensive... Uh, Juggernaut. They were an offensive juggernaut there for for about a week or so, uh, putting up multiple runs and hitting home runs left and right. I mean, we we all have to take that with a grain of salt. But um, Austin Hedges has just looked awesome so far this spring. Let's first talk about the young backstop. We all know his defensive prowess. We all know what he brings to the plate behind the as far as uh, his defensive ability. But let's talk about the bat and, and the changes that he made and, and the fact that he's been successful so far so what what are your thoughts so far on austin yeah i mean i'm kind of interested to see what he does because um he's obviously hit what four home runs now um there's been talk of kind of a swing change so you can kind of see in his swing he's, he's got a little bit of a different kind of um setup um mm-hmm. but yeah for me i think the bigger thing that i'm seeing is that he's um in 14 at bats he's got four walks and four strikeouts so um to see those numbers even is definitely a good thing because last year he was striking out uh 30 percent of the time and he was probably one of the worst guys on the team in, at getting a walk, and I know that's not really saying much because this was a team that struggled with on-base percentage as a whole, but um, I think that's a, a good thing to kind of highlight that he's obviously looking better so far. I know it's just spring training, and there's really a lot, a lot of way left to go, but if he can bump his average, I mean, last year he slashed 214, 262, 398. I mean, if he can get the average up to like 250 and the on-base percentage over 300, maybe 315, um, I mean, he's going to be a valuable player. I mean, he could be one of the most valuable players in the league simply because of his defensive value. So, I mean, if he can hit it all, even be a league average hitter, um, hit 20, 25 home runs, which I think he's capable of doing this year. I mean, he hit 18 last year in 120 games. Um, I think he's more than capable of being, um, if not the best catcher in baseball, one of the best catchers in baseball. I know there's still some catchers out there that probably have that title. Buster Posey's one guy who still probably has that title. But um, I don't know. I think Austin Hedges can be a great player if he can just hit enough. I think that's really been the discussion over the last probably three, four years at this point is, can he hit enough? And I think um, it's encouraging so far in spring training. I mean, it's just spring training, so we have to take it with a grain of salt, but um, all signs point to good things so far. Yeah, no, he's he's made the adjustments. The The Padres asked him to make some adjustments, and he implemented them over the winter. It's, it's awesome to see a young player uh, go out of his way and make the changes to his swing. His swing is different. I, you know, I saw it last week uh, firsthand. 
uh, saw a lot of batting practice from him. And for the first time, I, I saw him utilizing right field and, and doing that on a, on a consistent basis. And I think that that will translate eventually uh, when it comes to two strikes and, and his approach at the plate and ability to kind of put the ball in play a little more and, and get those scratch singles and, and those base hits to right every once in a while that will bring that batting average up to, to 250, 260, where we, where we want to see it. I mean, nobody's... Nobody's predicting a, a batting title in Austin, for Austin Hedges. No, no one's thinking he's going to be a 300 hitter in the major leagues. But if, if he can make consistent contact and, and provide adequate at bats and gain the confidence necessary, he, he's going to be a, a real good major leaguer. And it's it's awesome to see the way he interacts with with the players firsthand and with the pitchers firsthand because he's everything that's advertised. I mean, the man is, is relentless in his work ethic and is relentless in, in, in taking care of what he needs to take care of on both sides of the, of the ball uh, per se. So um, cheers, Austin Hedges. It, it's an awesome to, to, to see him grow as a player, but let's talk about his backup at, at this point. Uh, there's going to be a, I think an intense battle. I think a lot of people thought maybe the Padres would bring someone else in, uh, but at this point, A.J. Ellis and Rafi Lopez both seem adequate enough to do the job. Lopez brings a little more offensively, being a left-handed hitter, a uh, power hitter, per se. Uh, I, I, seeing A.J. Ellis interact with some of these young players last week in, in, in the locker room and in bullpen sessions and stuff was just awesome. I mean, he is basically a coach out there. Uh, I saw coaches basically let he, letting him work firsthand with a, a player, for instance, like Matt Strom, uh, in his breaking pitches and, and, and location and stuff. And hearing the conversation between those two, it, it's just you see what he brings to the field. And, you know, is this a playoff team? Are the Padres a playoff team? Do they really need a, a, a excellent offensive left-handed complement to Hedges, or do they need someone to mentor young players? What do you think about the backup situation, and who do you think uh, will eventually win that job? I mean, if I'm a betting man, I'm, I'm, my money's on AJ Ellis. Um, yeah, but yeah. I think Rafi Lopez has has shown well so far. I mean, I think he's a guy who um, he maybe could stick around um, down in the minors. I mean, obviously, I, I think he's a, a non-roster invitee. So yeah, um, he would. I think yeah. that, that choice would, I guess, theoretically go to him. But um, yes, at, at the end of the spring, I don't know if there's a lot of uh, those kind of major league jobs available. So I mean, I think he's a guy that's worth keeping around, especially now that Rocky Gale um, is no longer in that position, kind of as the Triple A guy, so to speak. Yeah, um, he went to it, the he went to the dark side too. He went yeah, to the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we were kind of just waiting for for him to get uh, released at some point, obviously. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I'll be kind of curious to see how that plays out. I mean, like I said, my money's on Ellis. He's a veteran presence. I know I'm not one to talk about, you know, intangibles and that kind of stuff. But I think yeah, having that yeah. kind of good backup for Hedges, I think that'll be good for Hedges. He's young. Um, he's obviously great defensively, but I still think he has a lot to learn. So I think Ellis can be uh, good in that regard, kind of working with pitchers. Um, so, yeah, I think he's just a positive influence on, on the clubhouse and uh, on the pitching staff. So I think um, my money would be on Ellis if I had to uh, bet right now. Yeah, I think it's 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 probably swayed a little bit towards Ellis's favor at this point, but just just because he brings those intangibles and, and being able to work with this young staff is is just invaluable. Um, we'll have to see what Andy Green and, and the Padres uh, baseball operations and, and staff decide to do. But there's plenty of other uh, competitions in, uh, in in Padre camp. Uh, let's move on to some outfield talk. Uh, it cleared up slightly as Alex Dickerson looks like he's going to be out for uh, an extended period of time. 
Um, it, it might be just time to wash your hands on Alex Dickerson at this point. Sadly, um, local product, Poway High School. Uh, I know there's this sentimental value attached with him, but at, at this point, he, he's just getting buried behind depth. And, and if it, you know, it's time to move on. So let's let's talk about outfield uh, situation right now. And, and you know, Myers and Margot are locks. Uh, Renfro is. The Renfro hedges or the Renfro um, Cordero battle is still strong. Give me your impression, Patrick, on what you think the Padres are going to end up having to do here. I mean, I think it's I think it's kind of a mess to be honest. Um, <laughs> I guess I don't want to. Before I kind of go into that, I don't I don't wanna really want to write Alex Dickerson off completely. I mean, obviously he's getting up there in years, but I don't think there's really, really any benefit to giving up on him per se. I mean, I think. There's no reason to not have him on the roster when he does come back from injuries. I don't think they're really going to cut bait with him, but in terms well, of like I mean, the... they're going to they're going to they they should DFA off the forty man. I mean, at this point, right? I mean, forty man spots are going to be valuable. Uh, I mean, I I'd still I still think I there's mean... some other guys I'd rather take off before him. But yeah, I think that I mean, though with an in, with an injury though that that depending on what his injury is, if they can put him on the DL, that kind of opens up a spot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. I guess it depends on how that shakes out. I've heard Tommy John surgery mentioned for his UCL, so I think it's more of a yeah, wait and see over that's the next a shame. few weeks. It really um, is a shame. But I kind of want to. That's another point I wanted to reiterate from the catcher discussion is that neither of those guys are on the forty man, and right now there is a full forty man, so yes, they're going to have yes. to make some move in that regard. So I wouldn't be surprised if that would be the move Dickerson going to the probably sixty day DL. I imagine. And then mm-hmm. they either take on Ellis or Lopez or maybe wait and see and kind of pick later. Um, yeah. As for Cordero and I, I don't need, Cordero and Renfro, it's kind of a mess because I think yeah, Margot and Myers are definite locks. Um, and it's like you, then you got to figure out where Perella plays. Is he going to be in the infield? Um, where does yeah. that leave Jankowski, who's kind of just there? Um, I think I'm kind of over Jankowski at this point. Um, Matt Caesar, I think Matt Caesar's probably going to be that fourth outfielder, that, that first kind of guy off the bench in terms of outfielders. Um, I, I haven't decided yet really how I feel. I think part of me wants to just stick Renfro out there and see if he can cut it. And then part of me wants to have Cordero and Renfro as a platoon because I think those two together could be a... Honestly, I think they could be above-average kind of player put together, if that makes sense. So those yeah, two together, yeah. Cordero playing against right-handers and um, Renfro against lefties. I mean, Renfro, I think he had like a... I want to say like a 160 WRC plus against um, lefties last year. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm pulling up Cordero right now, but I think he was uh, well above average against right-hander. So I think if those two could fit in a platoon, I mean, the only problem with that is you're not giving Renfro a ton of playing time. Um, yeah, yeah. Which, which I, I think is an, an issue, but... Well, I mean, I mean that both of them at this point would need... You want to see what they have as far as consistent playing time. So it's 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 hard. I mean, Cordero's 23, Renfro's 26. They're both still young players. You want to see him get consistent at bats, but I definitely see what you're saying. Both look like they're a, a, an excellent platoon option, but it's it's just tough. There's there's a lot of issues within the Padres, which their Cosmer signing brought and putting Myers into left field, to right field. So it's just something that's going to have to be worked out. There's still whispers of a trade possibly going on somewhere. You can still still possibly see that happening with this team. I don't know, man. It's it's tough. Yeah, I, I like Cordero and what he brings, but it's really tough. I think the more likely scenario is that Cordero starts the year in AAA, and they give Renfro kind of maybe a few months of leash, but, and then if Cordero's yeah. if Cordero's raking in the minors, and they have to call him up, and I think Renfro might end up riding the pine. And if that's what happens, if he's not performing, then I think that's going to be the case. But 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they both end up in the big leagues on opening day. Um, I know people say that might not be the best thing for their development, but I think if as as platoon players, I think you can get enough at bats. I think they can spread enough at bats around where each of these guys can get like, you know, three hundred at bats. I don't I don't think that would be the worst thing. Maybe even four hundred. Um, depending on how yeah. you need to, you need to sit Myers on some days. You need to sit Marco. Yeah, exactly. on some, Marco I mean, there's, there's no reason for any of these yeah. guys to play 162 games, especially the younger guys. I mean, there's really no there's really no benefit to I think them playing every game. I mean, the only guy I really want playing every game is is Freddie Galvis, honestly, <laughs> and maybe maybe Eric Hosmer <laughs> if he can if he can do that. But yeah. outside of those well, guys, I think there's enough depth around to kind of play with it and, and make it so none of these guys are playing over like 140, 150 games. Yeah, yeah. Well, you brought in Galvis. Let's transition to the infield now. Uh, at, at this point, it's looking like Spangenberg is the only option as far as uh, a backup shortstop if Dusty Coleman doesn't make this team. Um, I, I talked. I asked Andy Green about this last week. He didn't really want to get into it too much. Uh, he instead wanted to talk about Javi Guerra and Tatis still being on the major league camp, which obviously I don't think either one is an option uh, when it comes down to 25-man roster, but are the Padres waiting for a, a backup shortstop to be released, uh, you know, within the last week? Are they comfortable with Spangenberg as their backup option? I know Galvis played 162 games last year. He's not necessarily going to need a day off every week. but I mean, I don't really give a shit about a backup shortstop, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I see people talking about it, but it's like, who really cares? I mean, last year you had Jan Hervé-Solarte playing shortstop here and there, so mm-hmm. it's like... Mm-hmm. Freddie Galvis is a guy who's played pretty much consistently the last few years, like almost every game or over 150, 140 games. So if you need yeah. to start, I mean, if you need to put Spangenberg or Aswahe or, I mean, they've been trying Christian Villanueva at short. So, I mean, any of those yeah, guys, it's going to be fine. Both, the, both those those rumors were squashed. The Villanueva was Villanueva himself taking uh, taking ground balls at short just so that he could be ready if needed. Uh, Andy Green indicated that it wasn't necessarily him asking him to do that. And then uh, I asked him personally about Aswahi, and he said that there's no way that Aswahi would be able to play shortstop at the major league level, even if it was for an inning. I just I don't. So, I, so I it's, just it's don't Vandenberg really, at this point. I'm just not really I mean, concerned. I know you don't care, but there's, uh, Freddie Galvez rolls his ankle in, in week one. <laughs> what the hell are we going to do? You, we got you, you, uh, you, Dusty you, Coleman every day. Maybe that if he signs to a yeah, you, you call up a shortstop from the minor leagues. I mean, that's how injuries work. You don't need a guy. Again, we're not competing this year, and it's not necessarily the the worst thing in the world not to have depth. But it's just an interesting question. Uh, obviously, yeah, Padre mean, fans don't with, want to go back to to the last two three years that we've had the with, all the, with all the positional shortstop. battles you have. I think there's going to be enough guys sitting around without playing time that you're going to be able to find someone to slot there. Uh, at least yeah, in the short yeah. term, if you need to. I mean, yeah. I know he said Carlos Aswahe can't play shortstop, but I mean, in a pinch, why can't he? I mean, if he can play second, it's not going to be pretty. But I mean, if Jan Harris Salarte can play shortstop, any of these guys we're talking about can play. I mean, Chase freaking Headley could probably play shortstop. It wouldn't be pretty, yeah, but I think who really cares? Would be, yeah. Um, well, okay, Headley. Let's t- let's move to the third base battle now. We were you brought in Headley. Can I just be honest and say I I don't really care how much money he's making, but I just don't see any reason why he should be the starter. Um, I, I just don't see a reason why Christian Villanueva shouldn't be given a shot. I mean, he raked I, I last year. He raked all year in AAA. He's raking in spring. I mean, he's, he's hitting. He's slashing 435, 552, 913. He's got yeah. three home runs, two doubles. I know it's spring training, but the guy looks like he's fighting for a job, and, and he is, honestly. So I think I just don't see a reason why Chase Headley should be the starter, unless you really think you're going to trade Chase Headley at the All-Star break and benching him is going to hurt that. I just don't really see – I don't really see a scenario where you're really getting much back for well, – 
half I'll, a year. I'll play I devil's think. advocate here. I'll play devil's advocate here. The, the the reasoning behind Headley is that he provides major league at bats. He will rectify their on base percentage issue, which was the worst in all of major leagues last year. Headley does get on base. He, you can say what you want about him. He will take a walk. He will get on base. He will provide a, a person who gets on base, and that's something that, that the Padres are reiterating this year. That is something that they're emphasizing. That is something that they want this team to do to get on base more. So I think that's what he provides. I mean, obviously he's a veteran leader. Leader too. He played for the Yankees. They they were one game away from making it to the World Series last year. That in itself has some value. I know you're not a big intangible guy or, or this and that, but that has some value to a young team. So. But at this point, Christian Villanueva was just killing him as far as ability. And you can't let that sit on the bench. He has to be kept. He has to be protected on the 25-man roster. At this point, he'd have to fall off the cliff in order to not to make this team because he's playing that well. And we mentioned he's doing the little things, taking balls at shortstop because he wants to be ready. Andy Green didn't ask him to do that, but him doing that shows initiative and shows that, hey, this guy wants to be here. He wants to be a major league player. And the only reason why the Cubs gave up on him is because they got a guy named Chris Bryant at third base. And at one time, Villanueva was, was a pretty decent prospect for them. So it, it I don't know at 26, he, he could have, this guy could just came out of nowhere and, and been a, a consistent producer in the major league level. And, and this year is about giving opportunity to players like this, because you want to see what he has. You want to see if Christian Villanueva is going to be, uh, George Arias from 1999, or if he's going to be uh, a Ken Caminiti and and explode and take off offensively. So it, that's what this team is going to have to do. I see Headley possibly making this team. I don't think we're in any opportunity to to eat 13 million dollars at this point, and I just don't see a big big demand for him. I mean, Mike Moustakas is still sitting there as a free agent would probably gladly take a one-year deal somewhere at $13 million. So I don't think anyone's really knocking down the Padres' door for Chase Headley at this point. Uh, would I get in trouble if I said I don't know who George Arias is? Yeah, you would. Well, no, because you're a youngster. George I was like, Arias I was like was, six when what you're talking about. George so. Arias was what the Padres' front office fed to us as the reason not of not re-signing Ken Caminiti after the 1998 season. George Arias was a young third baseman acquired from the Angels, I believe, uh, was supposed to be given ample playing time and blossom into a blah, 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 blah. He was given two, 300 bats and turned into a steaming pile of crap. I mean, seems like, that's... Seems like every other Padre player we are fed. Um, exactly. But at this point, you need you need to find out if Christian Villanueva is George Arias or if he is a, a viable major leaguer. And I, I, I mean, back to Headley though. I, I just don't really, you said he's an on base guy, but I mean, he posted like on base percentages in the three twenties in his first three years in New York. And then last year he was up to three fifty. So but, I, I mean, that's still 30 points higher than what the Padres put up last year. He's just, I, I just don't see the point of rolling him out. there. I, I know, I, but I'm telling you, Andy green looked in my eyes and told me that they are emphasizing on base percentage. They need to improve that. They are, Talking about what benefit, getting what benefit is is improving your on base percentage if it's a, a guy that's not going to be on your team ever again? Hopefully, no, I, I know, I know, and I, I agree with you. It's a fine line because they want to see that improvement. They want him to help. I mean, why can't Christian Villanueva show on base percentage? I mean, he posted a three sixty nine on base in AAA last year. Exactly, and, so and give him a chance to show I, it. Yeah, I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I'm not telling you. 
I, I want to see Villanueva, but I do see, I do see what they're doing with Headley. I do see what they want in Headley. Headley's a, a backup first baseman for for, for uh, Hosmer as well. Something that they're going to need. Isn't because... Will Meyer? Isn't Will Myers a backup first baseman? Okay, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I keep hearing Ochoa. I, I mean, I guess, hearing, I, keep hearing, oh, geez, I, mean, I guess that's true. First, it's like, no, I well, guess didn't Will Myers true. just play like two whole years at first? So it's no, like, you're, you really you're right, that? you're right, you're right, and that that would that would be that would give them the flexibility of keeping a Matt Caesar or whoever else uh, as a fourth or fifth outfielder. There's so, plenty of flexibility to this team. I'm just saying. Chase Headley might make this team. He's no, probably I mean, going to make this I don't, team. I don't think and... he might make it. He's going to make the team. It's just a matter of if they're going to roll him out there for 140 games or if they're going to roll him out there for 60. I I think that he's going to play a couple games a week. I think that they're going to protect uh, Villanueva against a, a Jeff Samarja, some, a tough right-handed pitcher, and and give him time to develop. And I'm all about Christian Villanueva. I want him to play. I want him to play every day. But I do see the point in having Headley and, and giving him – the opportunity to to showcase his skills to these younger guys and, and give them uh, teach them a little bit of an ability of how to play the game. I mean, he's been around the game for a long time, so I just it, it's tough. It's it's really tough, and, and we'll just have to see what Andy Green does. I mean, Andy Green has a, a huge job and tail for him. In for, I mean, this is going to be a big year for this this franchise. It's going to be tough to divvy up all this playing time for all I these mean, guys. How about we a, haven't how, even talked about second base yet? Yeah, I mean. What's going we, on I there? I guess we should go there because now it's like. I mean, I we mean, talked about first, third base, and and we didn't even bring up Spangenberg, who was the starter at third base last year. I think he's. I think I, if, I'm for everything I've kind of seen in her. I think he's now a second baseman, is what I'm getting, which is okay. interesting because now you have. I thought Carlos Asuaje was going to have a job, and that was prior to Eric Hosmer being signed, and now you have Jose Perella probably going to play second. I mean, where else do you stick? Jose yeah. Pre- can Jose Perella play third? Can he play short? I mean, he's kind of like a truck, so he probably should yeah. play short, but. <laughs> I mean, I just don't see how there's enough bat, at bats to go around for all these guys. If you have Chase Headley taking at bats, and obviously all these out, I mean Hunter Renfro. I don't want to say taking at bats because he probably needs the at bats, but there, I, I just, it's going to be weird because I, I want Carlos Asuaje to play every day. I mean, long term. I mean, I just finished a piece on him. It's probably going to go up um, probably tomorrow, I guess. Um, long term, he's definitely a util- utility player to me. I think he'd have to do a lot to kind of go, be more than that, but. I still think he should play every day if possible this year or as much as possible because you got to give him a chance to be more than that. I mean, Luis Urias is knocking down the door, so long-term, I don't know if Asuaje has a place on this team, at least not as a starter because of Urias. Um, but I think you got to give him a chance. And I know we keep talking about Corey Spangenberg and Corey Spangenberg. I'm just kind of over Corey Spangenberg at this point. I mean, I just don't really care whether he plays or not. I mean, I don't think he's going to become some – Superstar, I know he was. I think he was a first round draft pick, so I think there's like that pedigree yes, there. We, we want him to be so good, and he was drafted above George Springer, which man punched me in the face right now. That was a terrible <laughs> decision. Um, but I just don't see him ever being more than like a an average player as a starter or like a bench kind of guy. I mean, he's definitely. A, I think he'd be a good utility player alongside Aswahe because. He has a lot more flexibility. He can play second. He can play third. He can play short. He can play left. He can play center. He can play right. He can play pretty yeah. much anywhere on the diamond, yeah. save for like first and catcher. But and Aswahi doesn't necessarily have that. I mean, Aswahi could probably play third. I mean, I think he can pass it short if he needs to. But um, yeah, I just don't see how Corey Spangenberg is going to do more to show anybody that he's more than an average player. So 
I'd much rather give Aswahi the chance to kind of see what he can do because we haven't really seen what he can. I mean, he's only played in what I think eighty big league games. So mm-hmm. Spanderberg, we've had for what four years now, three years now. It's been it's been quite a while of him playing. I mean, he's had some injuries, he's had some kind of ups and downs, but we've yeah. got a pretty good yeah. sample size with Corey Spanderberg that he's just an average player, and that's fine. I mean, those are still useful parts, but I'm just not really like itching to see him play more. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean it's tough. They're both the same age. They're both twenty six. They're you know they're left handed hitters. Uh, yeah, I mean Spanderberg has a, it's, it's tough. He has nine hundred and forty nine plate appearances over his professional career, like in the in the bigs, and he's got mm-hmm. a ninety nine WRC plus. I mean he's just average. Yeah, and his defense hasn't rated out very well. His base running's been pretty solid. I mean last year he had pretty solid base running. I think that was really the thing you could take away. That was most of his value. I think because he was a below average hitter. He was definitely a below average defender. Um, he struck out a little bit more than he has at any other point, so he kind of increased that a little bit. I think that came with the power increase, though. Um, he had the highest ISO of his career, so he's hitting for more power, which that's probably just due to you know the spike in home runs around the league. I think that's just – you see those kind of fringe guys, like the guys in the 5'10 range are kind of upping more close to the 15'20 range. Spangenberg had 13 last year in uh, just under 500 plate appearances. Um, but I just – yeah, I don't see him being a, an immensely valuable kind of starter. I, I see him being a – probably a valuable bench piece simply because he's versatile he's fast he can play different positions he can do lots of things he can bunt i know we all love bunting but i don't i don't see him being anything more than that and that's that's fine but i'm just not really too excited about it yeah it it, there's there are plenty of decisions to be made uh in this budget camp for sure uh and there's also the possibility of some trades i mean luis urias is, is lurking i mean he is putting the ball in play he is ready at this point. I think the Padres are just going to have to play it safe with him and let him sit in AAA for the first half of the season. But that young man is about ready for major league service time. And um, the second base job is basically his once he gets here. There's there's just no way they're going to take uh, they're going to take anyone out. And, and and it's his, and he should be at at least a average major leaguer for a pretty good ample amount of time. So uh, we're all excited to see Luis Arias for sure. Uh, let's move into the pitching staff a little bit. Um, specifically, there's been some rumors going on uh, about the Padres possibly kicking the tires on the Jake Arrieta. Uh, let's discuss that. I, I think it's it's pretty silly. First off, to, to even think that the Padres are considering or seriously considering signing him. Um, I, I'm sure that they are kicking the tires. I'm sure they're wondering what his worth is and what he's looking for. Uh, I wrote a piece last month about possibly bringing Ariad on a one-year deal. I think that that would probably be the only way they would sign him, give him a $25 million that he wants or whatever, and, and then possibly flip him in July. I think that would be the be- most beneficial way for the team. But I don't see him specifically wanting to do that. And for a player to basically sign it with a team knowing that they're just going to rent you is, is another issue. Um, give me your thoughts on Arietta. He's looking for five years at, at, at least a hundred, hundred twenty million. Give me your thoughts on on the right-handed pitcher. Uh, I'm just gonna say the same thing I've said about every other kind of player. The Padres are kicking the tires on. I mean, people kind of freak out and think, oh, they're gonna sign this player. Oh, they shouldn't do this. They shouldn't do that. <laughs> I mean, I think every team is kicking the tires on every player that's available right now because these exactly. guys are at bargain rates. Um, uh-huh. They they should be at bargain rates theoretically based on what what that's, what's gone down. So there's really no kind of there's no like detriment to kicking the tires on a guy like Arietta, just asking like what's the price, you know? 
there's really no no loss in that. So I I don't see it as a big kind of deal. I mean, I don't think they're going to sign him. Obviously, I think it's more of just due diligence. Um, mm-hmm. In other news, my my sources tell me that Mike Mustakis is about to sign with the Royals. And by my sources, I mean John Heyman. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, he's about well, to I guess resign with the with? Royals. I don't know. There's no details. Just he just said it was close. Uh, him and Robert Murray are kind of reporting on it today. Anyway, nice. so yeah, um, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that they're gonna sign Jake Arrieta. Just like I didn't think they were gonna trade for Chris Archer. So it's more just due diligence kind of thing. I sure, think it's, sure. It's to be expected. The, and you could probably yeah. say the same thing. I think. I think on like Alex Cobb and Lance Lynn, two other guys that are kind of still I mean, hanging those out there. Make I mean, a little more sense, but at this point, are you going to want to invest three, four years with those guys are are potentially looking for? I mean, I would. Like I would do three years on either of those guys if it's in the forty millions. I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Arietta, Arietta, I would not do that. I mean, I would do three forty, no. but Arietta's not doing that. So, um, yeah, I, I would give Lynn or Cobb. Three year, I mean, Lynn more than Cobb. I'm not as sold on Cobb, but I mean, at three years, forty ish million, you're, that's not really a huge investment. And I mean, those guys will be gone by the time the Padres are really like kind of going over the hump, yeah. so to speak. So I, I don't uh-huh. think that would be a real like detriment to the team to have those guys on it. Um, but yeah, I don't see any of those happening because th- th- we already have enough pitchers to discuss, which we'll probably get to here. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't really see that happening. Well, well, let's let's talk about the starting staff right now. I mean, what what we have potentially, uh, you know, we're looking at Clayton Richard. Obviously, he's probably a lock. Um, Mitchell is probably a lock. I think Andy Green's pretty much indicated that both are going to be in the starting rotation to start the season. Uh, Lament, you would have to think, would be in there as well. Uh, Perdomo as well. That leaves a, a five spot left. Uh, Tyson Ross is pitching well so far. You got Chris Young. Uh, you have some other candidates. Uh, Matt Strom is someone who's probably outside looking in. But uh, you know, there's Jordan Lyles. There's other. There's other potential <laughs> candidates. Jordan Lyles, that's funny. You're funny. Give Give me your thoughts on got who has the leg up on this fourth and fifth spot right now. Okay, can I just say Jordan Lyles sucks? <laughs> and I'm not trying to be mean, but that guy is bad. Anyway, I had to write about him because he's on the 40 man roster somehow. There's a 40 man roster spot. Look at that. Um, there you go. Anyway, um, yeah, I think you pretty much just said the rotation. I think it's going to be Richard, Perdomo, Lamette, um, may, maybe Tyson Ross. I I don't know if I'm sold on Tyson Ross yet. I think Brian Mitchell's pretty much guaranteed a spot because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you go through the trouble of acquiring Chase Frickin' Headley, you might as well just have him as a starter. Yeah. Um, I, I think Matt Strom's the interesting case. I'd almost rather see him as the fifth spot than Ross. But okay. what I will say is I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here I'm gonna bang the drum for the six man rotation. Um, if, if there's a team in baseball that can do a six man rotation, I think it's got to be the Padres, simply because most of these guys shouldn't be pitching a full season workload. I mean, save for Perdomo and Richard, they can both handle it. I think at this point, I don't think Lamette's gonna be throwing 200 innings this year. I don't think he should be throwing 200. I don't think Mitchell's gonna be throwing 200 innings this year. I don't think Tyson Ross is gonna get even close to 200 innings if he wanted to. So I think there's not really a more perfect scenario. I know Texas is kind of trying this, but I don't really see a more prefer- perfect scenario than the Padres to have a six-man rotation. Um, yeah, exactly. So you factor that would in some of those young kids too. If you have Strom and um, if you have Strom and Ross as like the five-six, I think that would make sense because Strom's never thrown more than I think like a hundred innings, mm-hmm. and Lamette's mm-hmm. never thrown more than I want to say like a hundred and I think last year he threw like one fifty, and that was like his career high by. I think like 10 innings. Actually, no, I think in 2016 he threw like 
150 as well. So he's he's at about 150 mm-hmm. the last two years. So I think he could probably get there, but that's only three guys. And Mitchell's <laughs> never really thrown, I think, above – I want to say Mitchell's never thrown above 100 or so. And and Tyson Ross hasn't thrown above 100 in, it seems like, years. I mean, it has been years. And then you got Strom, who's never really been um, a big league starter. So he's he's been a starter in the minor leagues, but he hasn't really had that kind of – Actually, I stand correct on the Mitchell because he, he he was a starter in the Yankee system. He threw 100 innings in 2012, 100 innings in 2013, just over 100, 120 in both. So um, he could probably handle it, but he hasn't been a starter in so many years. I think it's been like three years of being a reliever. So, and then I think Chris Young. I think Chris Young to me he should be the long man. I think I think he would fit that role nicely. And then you're talking about Robbie Erlin and Colin Ray. I think I think both guys should start in AAA as kind of like an extended rehab sort of thing because you don't really want to throw those guys kind of into the fire in the big leagues after the long layoff. I mean, it's even longer layoff for Robbie Erlin. So I think both those guys probably start the year in AAA, and if they can work their way up at some point, that's great. But then you got to think about are Lauer and Lucchese going to be knocking on the door? Is Nick's going to be knocking on the door? I think Quantrill's probably outside that group simply because he still has, I think, a lot to do. I think Lucchese's near big league ready. I think Lauer's probably near big league ready. I think Knicks, Knicks and Quantrill probably have a little bit more progress to make. Um, but you guys start thinking about those guys. You know, are they going to be start knocking down the door soon? Um, is a guy like Kyle Lloyd going to work his way back eventually? Um, there's a lot of guys is kind of what I'm trying to say here. I'm just kind of talking, yeah. and I'm just I'm getting more and more lost the more I talk. So I'm going to let you <laughs> take over. <laughs> I have some interesting notes on on Strom. Uh, in talking to uh, Green last week, and uh, specifically about him, uh, he's indicated that he's still about eighty percent on his knee right now. Uh, so the team is going to be he. Andy Green wasn't too up up forth with with giving up too too much information about him, uh, but he indicated that it's more than likely if he's going to make this Padre team, he's going to make it as a reliever. It's not going to be as a starter. Um, and that's just because of his health right now and the fact that the team wants to take it easy. He, they are very pleased with his upside. They're very pleased with the bullpens that they've seen from him so far. And, and they're intrigued with his ability and whether or not to use him like a Brad Hand type in the, at the end of the bullpen or to use him in the starting capacity. And they're still determining that at this point. Um, I, at the same time, Green said that he was very excited to see him potentially start saying that he did have uh, a proper repertoire to consistently get major leaguers out. So um, I don't know at this point, I think Matt Strom might Strom Matt Strom might be a triple a AAA, uh, pitcher to start the season. Uh, they could potentially stretch him out whether or not they want to use him in the starting staff eventually. But I think that, at this point, there's just a numbers crunch, and there's just too many players, too many pitchers, too many valuable people at this point. I, I think that Strom will probably start in, in AAA, but that's just my gut feeling. Uh, the Padres are really excited with his future. I, I think that they're just going to want to take it easy on him at, at this point. So we'll have to see. Um, there's so so much so much potential with, with a lot of these young pitchers uh, that the Padres have. Uh, you talked about Luke Casey, uh, Quantrill, Lauer, Knicks. Uh, they've all had a taste of that major league camp this season, and it's awesome to see them perform and and, and be able to soak up some of the some of the knowledge from some of these older guys like a Chris Young or, or, or a Tyson Ross. Um, let's get into the bullpen a little bit. Uh, give me your thoughts on Carter Caps on whether or not you think that that young man will make this team. Um, it, it seems that it's just been a long road for him. 
I don't necessarily think he's ready, but give me your thoughts on Caps and whether or not you think he'll make the 25-man roster. I just don't know if he's really fully healthy yet because he's – I mean, you think about what this guy's gone through. He's gone through pretty much the two worst things a pitcher can go through, a Tommy John and then thoracic mm-hmm. outlet. And I know the Potters have quite a few guys on their team with thoracic – I think there's four that have had thoracic outlet, and that's – I think that's a more scary injury than Tommy John at this point because every pitcher comes back from Tommy John, but thoracic yeah. outlet is, is, a, is a surgery that kind of – has has ruined quite a few pitchers. So the fact that the Padres have four of them on the roster trying to come back, um, I can't remember who's the fourth. I know it's Caps, Young, Ross, and it's going to bother me. Who is the fourth? Dennis Lynn wrote an article. Was it Dennis Lynn? Yeah, I think Dennis Lynn wrote an article about it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna think about it. But anyway, I'll, I'll keep talking. Yeah. So I, I don't <laughs> I don't know if Caps makes the big league roster right away. I think he might. He might start in AAA, but I think he'll be there eventually. I think the Padres um, see a lot in him, a lot of potential. It's just a matter of being healthy. And, I mean, you can say the same thing about, like, Tyson Ross, Chris Young, just, just about being healthy. Um, oh, Clayton Richard had it in, like, 2013. That was it. Sorry. That was oh, yeah, the one. There you go. So, yeah, Richard also had it. But, I mean, Richard, I think, has revitalized his career since then. I think he, he kind of credits that surgery with kind of giving him a second life uh, in a way. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Cap starts the year in the bigs. I think he might start um, in AAA. I do think Strom starts in the big leagues uh, in the bullpen if he's not going to be a starter. Although if they do want to stretch him out, that's going to happen in AAA. So I think it's just a matter of if they choose to stretch him out this year, if they kind of wait and see. Um, I think the more likely scenario is they might just want to use him in the bullpen just to kind of get his legs back under him, get the health back fully, um, and then kind of go from there. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on the rest of the bullpen? Who else do you see uh, making the team? I think you got like Brad Hands a lock, Kirby Yates is probably a lock, Phil Maton's I think a lock, um, Jose Torres obviously hasn't been heard from, so he's no longer yeah. on the roster, no longer kind of in that picture. Um, you got got Kaz Makita, who's uh, the new guy in town. Yeah, Makita's going to make it. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I think there's a lot of question marks. I think Craig Salmon's they, they, definitely you... one that can make it. You're, you're going to want a lefty or two, so... Buddy Bauman, maybe? Between Bowman, McGrath, and, and Wick, we'll have to see oh, yeah. who I think makes... McGrath probably makes it. I think Wick's a guy who might take some time. I mean, he's looked pretty impressive this spring. Yeah. Doing five shot yeah. innings so far. Um, six strikeouts. He looks pretty solid. I mean, he's a big, big monster of a man. I mean, we, we yeah. met him once... What was that, at Lake Elsinore, like, two yeah, years Lake back? Yeah, Lake Elsinore a couple years ago, Yeah, that guy ago, is yeah. massive. He, like, towered over us. Um, another guy I liked... Um, I mean, I guess I should mention my family, Colton Brewer. Um, he's not actually my family. I know I make that joke a little bit, but, um, he's a guy I think is, he's probably going to make the team in that bullpen. He's looked pretty solid this spring. Uh, Rowan Wick's a guy who they brought on. He's kind of struggled this spring. So I don't know about him. Maybe he's a triple a sort of guy. Um, although I think they gave him a 40 man's. Yeah. I think he's, not, I think he's on the 40 man, isn't he? Yeah. He is on the 40. Yeah. Man, so yeah. yeah, he's, he's an interesting case as a guy who may be fighting for a spot because like I said, those 40 man spots are always uh, tough. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm missing someone. Mm, Castillo's on the 40 man, but I'm sure he won't make the team. Yeah, he's got uh, some time. Er, uh, Erlin and 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 Ray. I think those I mean, are both. There's... I think those are both more likely AAA guys. I think Chris Young could be a long man. You definitely need a long man in the bullpen. That could be the case. Uh, mm-hmm. Trey Wingenter is a guy who I think is going to be up sometime this year. Uh, he's yeah, probably, he's probably major league grading now, but I think he'll get a few more months in AAA at least. Um, yeah. Oh. There's, I swear there's more people I'm trying to think. Oh, Tom Wilhelmson, he's a guy they signed. I don't know if he makes the team. He's kind of just another kind of veteran throw-in. Uh, we could talk a little about Robert Stock, who impressed a little bit today with a uh, strikeout of Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo back-to-back. So 
That's, yeah. pre- that's pretty impressive. I mean, that's Throwing some gas. Yeah, yeah that's some good. Yeah, I think he was up to ninety eight. They said, and his his uh, off speed was in like the eighties or the mid eighties. So, um, he, former position player turned pitcher. Um, he's kind of toiled in the minors for the last what eight years, nine years, wow. ten years. Yeah, he, he was drafted in two thousand nine. So he's been around the block a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, if he can, if he continues to impress, maybe he kind of finds his way into the four, under the forty man. Um, yeah, it's think, it's still it's still early. There's yeah. still three weeks to go for spring. And uh, Eric Yardley and day. Eric Yardley and TJ Ware are two more guys that are probably going to be up at some point this year, or they could be up mm-hmm. at some point this year in, in relief. Um, Jerry Keel's another guy. Uh, Jason Jester. There's there's a lot of just as many pitchers they have. Adam Simber, another one. Just as many like actual stars they have. They have just as many relief pitchers that could theoretically work their way into the mix this year. Yeah, no, there, there's plenty of young arms in the in this system for sure. I mean, there's just plenty of young talent in general. Uh, let's talk about some of that young talent. Uh, spring training, uh, spring training is is awesome to see. Is 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 a, an experience in itself seeing these major leaguers. But uh, I had a great time going into the back lots and witnessing a lot of these young kids play firsthand, uh, practice firsthand. They interact with you really well. I had wonderful conversations with numerous of numerous amounts of them. Uh, Chris Kemp, uh, the Padres uh, scouting uh, international scouting director, came up to me. Uh, he introduced me to Tierso Ornelas, Gabe Arias, Os- Osvaldo Hernandez, among others. Um, it- it's a great feel. Wait, did you meet Henry? Camp. Henry. I saw him pitch a bullpen session. I did not physically shake yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah. James sent me a video of Henry Henry because he knows how much I love Henry Henry. Yeah. I, I oh. saw your boy Tucapito down there. Oh, Tucapito! Uh, oh my God, he's my yeah. second. He's my second. Tall, favorite. strapping young man that he is. Uh, is he like it's, four feet tall? No, he's like six foot four, six foot five, and oh, weighs gosh. like one hundred and thirty pounds. Why do I remember him being short? I'm no, he's t- he's like a praying mantis. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a wonderful feeling down there. These these guys are interacting. A lot of them are you know, from different parts of the world and, and to see them interact and, and joking around with each other is, is a beautiful thing. It's, it's really special. Uh, I'm writing a piece kind of, uh, detailing about a little bit about what I saw. Uh, I apologize. I'm, I'm lagging on, on getting it out. It should be out in the next couple of days or so. But, shit together. Uh, yeah, it, it shows, it just gives you an idea of, uh, some kidding games that they were playing some, just the feeling that it's down there in camp, and I would highly recommend uh, any party fans just just because the major leaguers aren't necessarily working out or playing, uh, go on to those back lots and, and just sit down and watch some of these young guys, and you'll be amazed at the names that that walk by you and walk right in front of you. I mean, I saw Mackenzie Gore right in front of me. I saw Michelle Baez. You know, I saw a lot of these young. Uh, top 10 type players that are just down there and, and just working on the craft. So I would highly recommend uh, anyone and everyone to, to check out. It's, it's a, uh, it's, it's a really a wonderful thing, a wonderful experience. Um, all these, all these strapping young men yeah, ready to yeah. play some baseball. Um, no, it, it, and it's amazing seeing them take batting practice. And so, oh some yeah. Of these that's young that's guys, the best I mean, man. Seeing batting practice. Yeah, those guys, I haven't got, I haven't exactly. gotten spring training yet this year and I don't think I'm going to cause work is a pain, but, um, yeah, hopefully next year I can I can make a, a week of it or something because it's definitely I think worth the time from everything I've heard. Yeah, well let's uh, let's talk about some third base options. Uh, I know that that's something that's kind of been uh, talked about or discussed about this team uh, eventually at third base if Tatis is able to stabilize shortstop. Who's going to be the third baseman in the long term for the Padres? Um, give me some give me your thoughts. Give me some names on who you think could possibly fill out the third base spot in 2020 and beyond 
Yeah, I sent out a, a tweet prior to our podcast for some Twitter questions. I got one from uh, I got two from Cam uh, Doyen. Uh, he's a writer for us. Um, he asked me to talk. He asked us to talk about possible third base options. So that's kind of why we're having this discussion. But I think um, is it is it unfair to just say Tatis? Like I think he'll be there eventually, and that's going to be the guy. I mean, I think that's probably not soon enough. Um, yeah, but I, mean, I think once you have a guy like Arias up, I mean, Arias, I think is a better defender than Tatis will be. Yes, so at that point, I yes, think Arias yes. will be shortstop. Um, and then, but yeah, other than that, I think Hudson Potts is probably the one guy you want to think about. Um, he, he impressed mm-hmm, last mm-hmm. year as an 18 year old. He was hitting bombs. Um, it'll be interesting to see his development this year. I think he could kind of make a case for that job. He put on a lot of size and he's hitting, he's in home runs. He was a bit of a, he was a bit of a kind of skinnier guy uh, when he was drafted, but I think he's put on some size since then and i think it's definitely paying off um mm-hmm. i think that's really the main two um i kind of want to segue into a different question from uh hunter um he's at copaking 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 bird on uh twitter uh, he asked me about asturio ruiz and kind of where his future is uh if you have urias and tatis up the middle and then once gabe arias comes up like where does kind of ruiz fit into that i kind of wanted your thoughts on that and then i'll kind of give my uh, two cents. Uh, my thoughts are uh, more is better at this point. Um, I mean, I know a lot of us are excited with uh, Ruiz and, and his ability, but he hasn't uh, played full season ball yet. So you got to kind of curb your enthusiasm on on, on him. Uh, he, it's 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 just a further proof of how much this system has. I mean, we're not even talking about uh, Luis Almazar, Jordy Barley, Justin Lopez. All, all teen, teenagers that have the ability to play middle infield as well, and they're not even in the discussion as far as shortstop or second base in the future. Uh, the point is the Padres have stocked themselves at almost virtually every position. Someone's going to eventually establish themselves. We're just going to have to wait and see. Hopefully we don't pull a, a Padres of old and, and deal these players before they are able to establish themselves. But Esturi Ruiz is a wonderful name, is a wonderful player, and you know we'll have to see what 2018 brings and whether or not he is uh, a key of the future. Defensively, I think that he is probably going to only be able to play second base. I don't think he will be able to play third base. That's just from what I've seen in very few at-bats or very few defensive innings from him uh, on the field. He's still really young, so for me to make that statement is is pretty asinine because he could obviously work on it, his craft and get bigger and get better. But at this point, I see him as a second baseman. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's so far away that it's it's, it's interesting conversation to have. I think both both yeah. Arias and Ruiz are still kind of in the lower levels, so they're at least two three years away. I mean, and that's kind of best case scenario. Exactly. Um, I think one guy we don't really talk about much that's kind of interesting is Javier Guerra. I mean, is he going to finally yeah. do something this year? And if he does, you, what does that do for us? Uh, maybe he's a guy who could play third. I mean, he's not really your prototypical third baseman because he doesn't really hit for power or that. You know, average. talking about Guerra, that that reminds me of something that Andy Green talked to me about this week. He seemed he seemed pretty excited and, and pretty enamored with Guerra. Uh, he obviously, he, he, yeah, it, it was, it was weird to me. It was weird to me because that's someone who I wouldn't, I wouldn't use that word to much. describe him. <laughs> well, it's someone that he hadn't seen too much of, uh, if, other than in camp and stuff, but he likes what he sees defensively. We talked, him and I, Andy Green talked about the fact that he got into bad habits. The fact that the game got too big for him when, when is after he came over from Boston and the fact that he had been struggling with the mental side of the game, that what we see offensively isn't exactly who he is. Um, you know, whether or not that translates to whether or not he's going to be a, 
uh, a major leaguer or a viable major leaguer down the line. It, it remains to be seen, but it just it, you bringing up his name just seemed it seemed weird for me that Andy Green was having a conversation with me about him. But um, certain managers like certain players, and maybe perhaps he likes the way his work his work ethic is. Perhaps he likes what he's putting into the game or, or trying to improve himself. So I, I don't know. I, I think. At this point, the Padres are, are decently still pretty high on, on Javi Guerra, which I, I was a little surprised, being that they just straight up got rid of Rondon like he was, uh, you know, last week's trash. So Wait, who? Yeah, Jose Rondon. Future MVP, Jose Rondon. Um, anyway. Future MVP of what? The Dominican uh, Fall Basket Weaving League? I mean, come on. Whoa, whoa. Rondon, that's just, is, that's Rondon is... I'm sure he's a nice Rondon guy. Rondon is, is an average average player he will be lucky to make the major leagues and become an average player i will still, if... I will still die on the hill that i'd rather see him play than freddie galvis i will still die on that hill because no Let's i miss i miss oh. eniel de los santos already no, i liked him no. a lot i don't know why i had an irrational love for him and i was very i was very personally attacked by that trade so i just want to galvis i just want to share galvis that. galvis galvis i know you hate intangibles i know you hate that stuff great. that's an intangible but... right Dude, the the man controls the room. He's endearing me. I, I, dude, I, I walked up to him from last week, and I said, hey, Freddie, how you doing? He put his arm around me and, and basically hugged me and talked to me for a couple minutes. He has man. that type of personality. That, that, that goes a long way to young players. That shows that you are there. That shows that you want to be there. That show, I mean, isn't he plays 162. They, isn't that why they gave Eric Cosmer 100 and whatever million, though? Well, if you're filling your clubhouse with people that are positive, that play the game in a positive manner, that show the way, show the proper way of playing the game, then these young people are going to soak it up. You have an 18-year-old Fernando Tatis sitting two lockers away from Freddie Galvez. He needs to soak that information up. He needs to know how this guy interacts with the media, how he interacts with people, how he interacts with his teammates, and how he's able to transition that onto the field and perform on a daily basis. That is... It can't be measured on a stat sheet. I love analytics. I love the new age of it and the information it brings. But stuff like that just can't be measured. And Enel De Los Santos it was a great young prospect. We'll have to wait and see. But I trust the Padres' ability to determine the value of their own players. And I'm just know... sad, okay? I'm just sad. I know, I know. And, every, and everyone's going to bitch about De Los Santos as soon as he makes the majors this year and, and pitches a shutout, which he probably will. And, and I, I really don't give a damn. It's not about what he is. It's about what Galvez brings to the team. If we didn't have Galvez, who the hell would be the shortstop right now? I don't care. We, that's who would be the shortstop. <laughs> Eric Hosmer would be the guy. I'd rather have Eric Hosmer as the goddamn shortstop. No, yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I have nothing against Freddie Galvez. Um, I, I like what I've seen so I'm, far from him. He's looking I, good this spring. I've heard good things. Um, I have no problem I, with I him just, at this point. I'm just more sad about losing a talent, but that's, that's kind I, of the know, price I, of business, so whatever. I, I hear you. I hear you. And, and it, it is contradictory. I just like to bitch, to, okay? <laughs> I know. I know. I know. But I, I'm just I, – I really was impressed with what I saw from Galvez and, and the way he – holds himself in the way he talks to himself or talks about the game and the way he just uh, – it, it was pretty impressive to see that firsthand. I didn't have much interaction with Hosmer uh, per se, but Galvez was very endearing, and I definitely appreciate that for sure. You mean you didn't talk to the clubhouse leader himself? You didn't feel his um, his enigma just being near him? 
I was probably more intimidated over the the pieces that I wrote uh, detailing the fact that I didn't want him to come to the team. Yeah, I probably wanted to meet him. I, I kind of said he sucked a few times. So I, I'm sure Dave, I'm sure Dave Cameron it. had an awkward meeting with him too. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, sorry. It's not yeah. that you suck. It's just that you're not worth <laughs> so much money. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> But but then again, at five years and 105 million, I really don't have a hey, huge issue. Hey, I'm on board. Like I said, that, that's my yeah. deal right there. That's what I wanted. And if that's the case, yeah, people um, people he, take what we say out of context when we're talking about eight years and 180 million and and, and I mean, it, whatever. It's all, it's all whatever. I don't even want to. God, we're James, you're wrong. Just let's talk it. about the Chargers now. We're going backwards. Hey, I'm I'm all about the Chargers, man. That's my team. Yeah. I got a tattoo on my need... I got a tattoo on my arm. Bolt. No, 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 no. Bolt up. Um All right, what anything else we since we're hitting the bottom of the barrel, let's talk about 973 uh radio and the machine since we're talking about absolute garbage. Hey man, I will um, take I will take 999 the grinder any day. <laughs> I will take you, I will did take you, did you MLB catch that, by the way. The MLB.com did you listen to to uh, the the kept faith? They did a, a ninety nine nine the grinder. It was like a no, it was like a, basically a parody of uh, the machine. No, it was the funniest shit I've ever heard, man. I was I was dying. I was dying. Yeah, it's oh, it so Mike great. D. Just Mike D. Just will not go away. He he is just gonna haunt us this franchise for the rest of his life. He's just gonna have his hands in 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 the team in some aspect and just make him look stupid in some way. And I, I, I just. Mean, is that, I don't know. Are we ever going to get the truth about why he was fired? I mean, will that will that kind of uh, I, will that will, I, that pu- will that push him out the door? You think? I have. Oh, I have beat down so many doors to find out the reason behind that, and I have information. I cannot divulge that information because it's not rock solid, credible source type of stuff. I have an idea why he was fired. If anyone wants to ask me on a personal level, maybe we can, can talk can we about just, it. Can we just kick down uh, that door? Because maybe maybe he'll be out at intercom too, and we can have a, an actual radio station instead of a, a fucking joke. It, it it goes it goes it goes way beyond the Padres and way beyond radio stations. But let's move on to something else. Uh, it's it's really a shame that the majority of people that listen to the radio are older people are people that work on their cars in their garage that wear or they watch, 1980s they watch Fox he- news and scream at the TV oh, yes. or they wear 1980s 80s Sony style headphone earphones <laughs> with giant uh, dials on their ears those guys cannot listen to the game because it's not on AM radio anywhere because they insist on having this clarity and awesome experience of vibrant I honestly if- like I honestly like the FM feel of like or the AM feel of it being kind of like not yes. the best quality. Like it's got a good, exactly. nice vibe. It's like an old school kind of. If bring, you're bring listening me back, to the you know? game, you're not listening to the game to have this HD quality. Experience. It's you're listening to it. I mean, what what you need to you need to hear the popcorn bender three three aisles down. I mean, what what is the point of that? I, it, yeah, it makes it, no man. sense at all. It on makes TV, it's one thing. It's like no HD, sense. and you're like, yeah, I'm yes, stoked, you know. But exactly on the radio, it's like I'm just like driving home. I'm trying to get home so I can watch the game. I want to hear it a yeah. little bit. Wouldn't you rather um, reach don't, more people? I don't see myself ever like I don't really want to listen to it because that yeah. station is such a joke. I don't want to be any. I don't, I don't want, want to be listen any to the garbage all. ads in between yeah. and the and and the guns selling guns and, and I mean it's just like it's it's just it's just I don't know what they. I don't mean when understand. you when you can swallow when you can swallow a 
swallow the pill of of hiring uh, Dan Cilio to do anything on your in your Ugh. company, then I don't want anything to do with you. And I think that's yeah, pretty much I, the sentiment of just about every Padre fan I've talked to in the last two weeks. <laughs> yeah, so well, I think it's I mean, a pretty general it, feeling. <laughs> it's the Padres are consistent. They're consistent at not listening to the fan base and not giving a shit about what they say. And and it's, that's it's what obvious. they've been consistent. It, the that's whole really year. the main thing I think I'm still worried about is that no matter how good this team ends up being, I mean, if if the if the front, I mean, not the front off. If like the ownership continues to kind of throw a middle finger at us, then it's like, why should we go and pay pay money to watch the team and pay money for all these jerseys? If oh, yeah. you can't even, I mean, you can't give us the right jersey color. You can't give us, a, a, you can't give us a goddamn radio station. Like that's the simplest shit in the world. A radio yeah. station. Yeah. Like it's not hard to have a decent radio station. There's like, yeah. there's like probably tens of thousands of radio stations around the country, around the world. So it's like. It's not that hard. I just don't get it. No, it's it's no. pathetic. It's effort. It's effort. It's uh, it's effort. They don't put in the effort for the little things. Randy Jones and I had had a conversation this past week uh, about the alumni division and and the fact That's that the thing. Padres <laughs> continue to not want to put any money into it and don't want to. I mean, I'm not even a put, big kind of history guy because I'm so young, but like I would eat that shit up because it's cool. Yeah, everybody know? would. I mean, you guys, it's just and it's a no brainer. And it's yeah. and it's something that they would have to pay out initially and, and pay money towards, but they could get money back in having fantasy camps with 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 players, have having uh, excursions, cruise excursions, golfing excursions. They would make money in this, so it's not like you're not going to make money if you're all about making money. But at the same time, you can embrace the history of the team. It's just mind boggling. I don't know. I've I've preached this forever. I've sat in Partello's office. I've sat in many people's office. And they just look right through you and they just tell you other aspects and other things that they're working on. And that's fine, but this is the history of this team. Ultimately, this is what this – we are here. Everybody's here to watch the San Diego Padres, the Padres, the, the players, the 25 men that are on the roster. That is what makes the team. That is what is most important, or at least it should be. Well, I think, I we, I think we can't really go anywhere else from there. That yeah, was, I think it's time to get out of here. That, uh, was, that was rough. Send us out of here. We we uh, we will be back next week. Uh, hopefully, we're working on some guests, uh, bringing you somebody cool to talk to, somebody with an outside perspective of the team. Um, we will see. It's kind of a busy season for all of these uh, individuals that cover uh, the Padres and different aspects of Major League Baseball. But uh, stick with us. Uh, Patrick, if you want to take us out, I think we're good to go. All right. Yeah, we're uh, hosted on Podbean. You can find us there. Um, anywhere you find your podcast, um, we will be there. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, if you don't already, I, I'm assuming people that listen to us probably already follow us. But um, if you want to, if you want to, to uh, hear me bitch about stuff at Patrick Burton 93. Um, if you want to hear James bitch about stuff, I'm, I'm just kidding. James doesn't do as much as I do. Um, <laughs> he's at EVT underscore news at EVT underscore J Clark. Um, and then our podcast is at EVT podcast. Uh, you can find all our shows there as well. Um, I think I just gave us an explicit rating for this episode. Uh, my bad. It's been a long week. Um, hopefully we're, we're, we'll be returning to kind of a more structured uh, podcast as the season kind of gets going. I mean, two, two times a week is kind of the goal. Um, I, th- I think, I mean, me and James are kind of still, I think, brainstorming ideas a little bit, but we kind of want to do some new segments, some new formats. So we're going to try some new things to kind of keep it fresh, keep it interesting. Uh, obviously, we'll be keeping up with the guests. I think that's really the, the one thing that kind of has been our goal ever since we started is having – as many guests as possible, as many varied opinions as we can. I think that's really been our main kind of um, 
idea in having the podcast and having that kind of um, outlet. So that's uh, kind of our goal, but I want to kind of try some new things and uh, keep you all interested. So if anyone has any ideas, things they want us to do, things they want us to try, uh, please please hit us up on Twitter. Let us know. Um, uh, I think uh, other than that, I think we're good. All right, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. East Village Times podcast is signing out. EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast.